0: It's cool story, cool story. The Wheel of Time, the ultimate fantasy. It's cool story, cool story. Here we are. Here we are. I have a couple of things to say, but do you want to go first? Sure. I have a couple things.
1: One, it's, you know... It's now holiday season, post Halloween spooky season, and mm-hmm. Davy had this memory of a childhood movie he had seen that he wanted to rewatch, and I was like, "Oh, I'm totally uh-huh. into it!" And we decided, like, even if it's bad, we'll uh, we'll just have a good time watching it, making fun of it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So we watched a movie called Jack Frost from the '90s. Okay. We, um, what's his name? It's not one of those like claymation Jack Frost movies. It's Okay. Um, Kevin? No, 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 no. What's his name? Famous actor. Oh my God! It's gonna kill me now. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Um, no, it's not
0: Kevin, Kevin. Klein. No. Um, Michael Keaton. There we go. Oh my God! Yeah, that's definitely different from Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Fro- Michael Keaton. And it was called Frost. It's called Jack,
1: Jack Frost. Frost, and he plays a like musician who dies early in the movie he's like a selfish guy and he doesn't have time for his family and then he dies Uh and somehow he's reincarnated into a
0: snowman okay i'm looking at pictures right now it looks terrifying and awful but go ahead it and the cool okay the only cool thing i'll say about the movie
1: is it seems like the snowman figure which i thought was entirely cgi is actually partly a muppet made by jim henson or like you know
0: Mm. Yeah, I can so, see
1: that. So that's cool. Those parts. Um, otherwise, it was pretty outrageous. Uh, we had a really good time. We smoked. We laughed. <laughs> and we just tried to make sense of it. And there's a scene when they they find a sled, the boy and his snowman father. Uh huh. <laughs> and they're getting away from like kids who are being like bullies, but uh-huh. the kids are like literally trying to kill him, like. They're trying to run him off of a mountain, and they're laughing about it. (laughs) It's not...
0: What? So it's a homicidal children uh, Christmas movie. Yeah, no one addresses it. Like, it's just glossed over. How weird. Oh my god. Does he melt at the end? Does the dad melt? Uh, No, he does this weird, like, sparkly...
1: There's like a fear of melting at one part. But well, he does not okay. weird, like, sparkly becomes his human self again for a moment before he disappears into the ether with no explanation as to how that happens or why. It's very, it's out there. So if you're looking for a real wild ride and Trip. you want to, like, yeah, if you want to, like, have a good time and watch a, a good bad movie, Jack Frost
0: from the 90s. <laughs> How is that, like, I'm curious to know how it was received at its time. I don't know, I but the, to oh, the tomato meter is bad. Two and a half right stars. Yeah. <laughs> two and a half stars on IMDb. Yeah. Davey was like, okay, I remember this
1: being better when I was younger, but
0: I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I Yeah. Um, it came out in 98 and Davey was born in...
1: 93?
0: So... So he was like five, five years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that makes a
1: little more sense. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other thing, which is more Wheel of Time related, is I've watched all of the bonus content and those, like, shorts, uh, the origin Wheel of Time shorts that are, like, companions to the series.
0: Yes, I, I'm i a bad fan, a bad Watt fan, because I haven't seen them yet, because... You can't watch them on your phone or the TV app. You can only watch them on a web browser, I right? know. Yeah, I was very
1: confused searching for like a whole day. Like, where the hell is this content? Yes. And Same. then I found it in the... And for anyone out there who wants... Who isn't sure where they are and doesn't want to ask, or who's like me. If you go on your browser and you're watching on Amazon Prime, as soon as the episode begins... And I would go to the most recent episode, because they'll show them chronologically. And if you go to the most recent episode, it shows you everything. Whereas if you go to episode one, oh, it only shows I see. you what came out with episode one. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to the most recent episode, and then like a little icon pops <clears throat> up on the corner that says X-Ray, and you click on that and click bonus content. And they have like, in addition to concept artwork which is really cool for each episode and like a map of where they are all going and like behind the scenes images they have um one section that is like behind the scenes getting to know the wheel of time world type stuff where they interview Mm -hmm. brandon Mm -hmm. sanderson they interview um harriet robert jordan's widow um which is i've never even seen these people for me New oh, reader. yeah. So yeah. it's kind of cool getting, like, their take on things. And then they also have the animated, like, Origins series that they're releasing with each episode. So there's four episodes out of that now. And like how them. long are those? They're all, like, five minutes or less. Everything. Okay. Yeah. They have one for the breaking of the world. They have one for the fall of Manetherin, They have one for... Okay. The Sidine um, and Sidar. And they have one okay. which actually gave me information I didn't know about, which is called, like, the greatest warder. And it's, like, a legend of, hmm. like, who was, like, the greatest warder of all time.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I liked it all. I like the I'll artwork involved in them, also. Okay, yeah, they're they're animated, right?
1: Yeah, they're animated like loosely animated, it's all like storyboardy kind of art coming to
0: life. It's pretty cool. Okay, I like that. Yeah, fun. Check it out. Um so I have just a couple of things. The first is I watched, well rather Miles made me watch two seasons of a TV show called Lock and Key. Have you ever watched it? I have not, but I think Davey has. If you were to ask me, I would say don't watch it. I think Miles feels differently. I Here's the thing. This TV show, I have an issue when a TV show can't or a movie can't decide what it's trying to be. And I felt that a lot with this this TV show. Like 50% of the time, it felt like The Haunting of Hill House. Like it was a a horror thriller type thing. Mm -hmm. And then 50% of the time, it was like a shark man and lava girl. Like it was stupid, (laughs) awful little kid fantasy bullshit. (laughs) And so I just, I don't know what it was trying to be, but it failed at both of those things in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just wanted to complain about that. (laughs) Uh, I've
1: heard decent things about it. I've never seen. Oh, you know, I'm looking it up. Okay. We do. This is
0: on our list of things to watch. So maybe we will watch it. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be really curious to know your opinion mm-hmm. of whether you agree with me or Miles. Okay, okay. <laughs> My second note is: Do you know the um, musical group Years and Years? No, I mean I've heard of put them on your a move uh, a show called Years and Years, but I don't know. Okay. Put them on your playlist immediately. Okay. I love them. They have two albums, both are great. I think the second album is even better than the first. Okay. Uh, the third album is coming out soon. Um, kind of reminds me. So it's like Poppy. the The lead singer is like a young gay man from the UK, um, and it sort of reminds me. I wonder if this is going to be one of those things where I hear a song and I'm like, oh, I do kind of know this, but right now I'm not. Yeah. Say it. There's moments that it, it's kind of, it has, I think they're very inspired by the 80s because there's a lot of like 80s influence in a lot of the songs, but mm. it's really fun. Okay. The last thing is I have been very active on Twitter because of the TV show. And recently I tweeted about some, a scene in, okay, I'm actually going to wait until you cover it in this episode and then I will bring it up. Okay. will you remember I absolutely am going to remember. Uh, There No doubt. Watch me forget. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, Also, we got a few corrections from Pythos. Let me just pull those up real fast. Yes, I did see
1: these briefly.
0: All right. So Fridging, which I brought up uh, last one or the one before, I think the one before, Mm -hmm. um, is from a comic book uh, writer named Gail Simone. And uh, she talked about how... The like the women in refrigerators thing, which is drawn from an issue of Green Lantern from the mid 90s, where a supervillain murders Green Lantern's girlfriend and then leaves her body in the fridge for him to find later. Mm. So that's where the fridging comes from. Um, But it's essentially the concept of women characters who are killed, maimed, or depowered as a plot device to give the male characters angst or motivation.
1: Hmm, Okay.
0: We also talked about movie phone.
1: um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Pythos mentioned that that was around until at least uh, 2015. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, I think they were talking about movie screenings. Like the oh, movie screenings yes, things. movie screenings. That's right. Like where I saw Geely. Yes. Okay, yes. That makes sense. Um, The bird that the white cloaks eat. I, th- I thought I mentioned this, but it's actually a real world thing. The oh. bird with, that you eat with beaks and feet in it or bones um it's from france it's called an ortolan o-r-t-o-l-a-n and it's a little songbird that is uh force-fed and then drowned in brandy and then cooked and eaten whole and uh so apparently the tradition was to like cover your head with a white cloth while you eat it to hide your shame from god while you were eating this bird whole. Oh. <laughs> well you know what uh, but it's that's yeah. Telling
1: because the the white cloak did not hide his shame from God. He is shameless. He sure did not. Yes.
0: He lets the blood um, but drip it's, from his mouth. Uh. Yes. And it's been um, banned because of animal cruelty. Oh, good. Um. And lastly, I mentioned the little, the cute little horse armor that the Mirdral and the Children of the Light have. The the mm-hmm. horses head helmet things. Um. And those are called a chanfron. C h a n f r o n Um, which is a piece of armor on a horse and armor on horses is called barding. Barding. The more, you know, the more, you know, I'm going to get a little
1: chanfron for Neville and Harrison. Oh God, that would be so cute.
0: (laughs) I would die. So that's it. Let's go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) You
1: better work, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, this is episode four of the series on well, t- on Amazon, and it is called "The Dragon Reborn." And we were mm. musing before this, like, are they gonna do the conclusion of the first book already? But that would be unlikely. I know. When
0: I saw that title, I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> it's <laughs> that's like I really know we fast. We only have like eight episodes, but that's a lot and i'm still i've i've had a long text conversation with my brother recently trying to figure out the where how they will plot the rest of the season because there's we're already halfway through the show which i'm uh, inconsolable about i know um but the next four episodes i feel like they're going to have so many things to have to accomplish um and i'm especially confused because one of the episode titles is the title of a chapter from the second book. Um, Remember when Varen talks about the Trolloc writing in blood in the dungeon Uh of Faldara and it's blood calls blood. That's the title of next week's episode. And so I'm, I'm so confused about how this is all going to work and we're still going to see loyal and Min in the upcoming episodes. And so it just feels like so much has to happen in the next four episodes that I'm like, where, where, where? How do they accomplish these things? I
1: know. I wonder how much we're gonna see Min. She might just be introduced real quick, but loyal. Yeah. Well, I did see a okay. So I watched one of those like, ten things you missed from the Wheel of Time uh, trailer uh-huh. on um, Watch Mojo or one of those random things.
0: Ooh. That's dangerous, because what if it was
1: spoilery? Well, it was just the trailer, so I figured it couldn't be too bad. But what if it was somebody who's read the book, all the books? I guess so, but I also figured if the first series is supposed to only cover up into, partially into book three, I felt like I was safe.
0: Um, And it it worked out for me. I I didn't watch anything else. (laughs) Okay, I would be cautious. If there... You don't have to do this, but if there are things you want to watch, um, you're welcome to send them to me Ooh. so that I can, like, pre-screen and make sure it's okay for you to watch. I will shake you up on that. Because after this, I was like, okay, okay. let me be careful. But they yeah. do
1: show a quick... there There is a moment where you see Loyal. Yes. Like, from behind. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! At the ways, yeah, the weigh gate. gate, and I did not yeah. realize that was loyal. So he's, you know, he's definitely going to be there, like really there, there with the group. It's not just going to be yeah. like in passing.
0: So I am very no. curious. So, but I did not, yeah, I too. did not catch that the first time around. So anyway. I didn't either. But people pointed it out, and I was like, "Who? Which?" Like it, <laughs> for me, it was really hard to tell. <laughs> they all looked the same to me from yeah. the back. So I was like, "I don't know who anyone is." Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, all
1: right. we begin the episode with an establishing shot over uh, Gildan. Is that how they say it in the show? Yeah, I think they're pronouncing it Gaelden. Gaelden. okay. So I'll do it that way. So it's an establishing shot over Gaelden and there's these plumes of smoke billowing out from the castle and the surrounding structures, and the armies are all shouting that Loghain has destroyed the gates and his armies have invaded So as they're trying to flee, we have two guards trying to protect the king, and Loghain is after them, and he's channeling from behind them, killing the guards right there, and we have that cool sort of like dark slick over his channeling which we know is the taint, which I guess in the show they're Mm -hmm. calling the corruption probably to avoid any jokes. Probably to avoid the chuckling yes, of the 12 year olds like us. Exactly. Um, So Loghain then comes upon the king who is like staggered outside and he's by himself and he says to Loghain that you'll never wear the crown. And he's like, what does the crown mean to the dragon reborn? And then... There's a voice that, according to my subtitles... Captions? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Is named Elusha. Yes. Is that something from the Wheel of Time series? I don't recognize it, but that doesn't mean it's not something that's mentioned somewhere really quickly. Let me just... No. It looks like it might just be something from the TV show. So it might be like a... Yeah.
1: Anyway. Okay. So there's a voice named Elusha. And it tells Loghain to kill the king. And then we get a short monologue of Loghain saying that he wants to bind the world not break it like the last dragon. And that the eyes of the should not be standing in his way. They should be following him. But they won't because they fear him. And then there's a moment where the slicking sort of uh, corruption over the weaves manifests behind him into a humanoid female figure whispering in his ear and then there's a male one on the other side as well and they're telling him to kill the king or he'll betray you just like your family did like your father and your sister and that he's below you and in a moment where you think he might follow the the whispers of madness or whatever it is he instead heals Mm -hmm. the king and offers him a place at his side what Mm -hmm. are your thoughts of this
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, number one, I was really happy to... one of. Okay, there is a tactic in the Game of Thrones TV show where they kind of, like, cut to different areas of the world and you see, like, different cultures and different, um, like, architecture and things like that. And so I really, really liked that we got a kind of, like, opening scene that wasn't just about the five characters that we've met so far. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was really great. And it kind of showed sort of like the bigger I think it I think for new viewers it'll be really helpful to understand like the stakes of a man who can channel right like he's yeah. powerful destructive and talking to voices that of people that aren't there Yeah. Um so I really I liked that. I thought it was clever. Um I really loved the setting. I thought it was such a cool looking castle oh, area me too it was so bright and like um yeah golden looking
1: everywhere you looked but this yes. like,
0: terrible thing was happening there still it was like yes. a really cool like contrast i really liked Loghain. Mm-hmm. um the actor who plays morgan uh Loghain, alvaro morti i think Morte is i think his name sorry if i'm mispronouncing that i think he's great and i really liked his line about what does the crown mean to the dragon reborn um yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the, like, manifestations of madness or, you know, the, the, the taint showing up?
1: I thought it was, I love the way that his channeling looks and how it's like, you could tell that it begins sort of as like the regular weaves and then this like quickly follows it. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, I like the way he channels and you could tell he's very powerful. And I like this idea of showing us how the madness can manifest. You know, it's not just like, because in the book you can only say so much. Like, it's described so so explicitly. But to show it in, in the TV show, I thought it was clever to have, like, actual voices talking to him and us being able to hear them mm-hmm. as well and um, making it personal to him. I don't know if it was necessary to have them in, like, humanoid figures behind him. Hmm. Okay. I didn't mind. I thought it looked cool, but I thought it was yeah. kind of n- unnecessary.
0: I think the voices themselves were fine, but I liked it. Um, I actually really liked how it was, how you, how it was kind of a human form that was like sort of woven, which you know kind of connects yeah. back to the the one power. And I also liked the. I, what I liked about it was in the f- the very first scene of the very first episode where we see the red uh, Aja hunting down that man mm-hmm. who is talking to someone who's not there. And then we see Loghain kind of doing something similar, but it's like manifesting differently. I sort of like how... It's showing viewers like that the the madness that takes these men is kind of like unpredictable in how it's going to show up and, and stuff like that. So I thought, I thought that was fun.
1: Yeah. I thought it was cool. And I thought they looked really good. I didn't think it looked cheesy. I thought it looked yeah. cool. Um, I just thought like, oh, that's kind of random. But I also think it's kind of yeah. interesting to show that because to the new watcher of the show who, haven't, who hasn't read the books, it could be like, oh, maybe that's actually really happening like maybe something is really talking mm-hmm. to him. It's not really clear for sure whether right. it's madness or not. Maybe it's maybe it is something. Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, then we have the opening sequence, which I've already said I love. And then mm-hmm. we're back, and it is Lan walking through like a camp of Aes Sedai, and Nynaeve is sort of like awkwardly standing on top of the rock wall <laughs> nearby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching from below. I'm like, girl, just Sit down. <laughs> and then we see uh, Karini Sadai.
0: It, I think
1: they're pronouncing
0: it Karine. Karine? Okay. Is she? She's not in yeah. the books, is she? Um, She is in the prequel. Okay. Okay. So we will eventually meet her. Gotcha.
1: So we have Karine Sadai, and she's of the Green Aja, and she's healing Moraine, and then she takes her to Loghain at her request. She says, I want to meet this Dragon, this false dragon. She brings her into this sort of cave like area that they're holding Loghain in, and he's in a cage within the cave. And she explains that she's pretty tired, but only because she, Leandrin, and Alana are the only ones strong enough to shield Loghain, and even when they do, they have to do it in pairs. So now mm-hmm. we're meeting more Aes Sedai, personally, which is really cool. <laughs> and Moraine enters, and the other two women are just sitting in chairs watching Loghain and shielding him. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> it looks like they're watching TV, but it's just a man in a cage. It does kind of, yeah. <laughs> and they're also blocking him from hearing anything in the room by channeling air around his ears.
0: Yes. Leandrin
1: says that they snuck up on his camp at night and took him by surprise and then they channel lightning, which scares army of over a thousand away, running home to their moms, as she says. <laughs> the person playing Leandrin is just great.
0: She's fantastic. Like it's I so hate good. that character so much, and I love watching her. Oh, me too. And it's she's just, she's dynamic. She's just not like a very nasty. Like so good. She's so good. Isn't there's a moment in this episode where Nynaeve refers to her as a snake, right? Yes. Yes, I feel like that is such a perfect like description for the way that this actress is looking at other people. It's very snaky. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally.
1: Um, da, da, da. So, Karenne isn't so sure that they're still safe from the armies, but Leandrin says that he's so mad already that he's calling himself the dragon, and they really should punish him without a trial. They don't need to go through all the trouble of it. But Karene is obviously very devout to the White Tower and the teaching of the Aes Sedai and their oaths. And she reminds her that the Amberlynn has ordered a trial and so they will obey. And Leandrin's mm-hmm. like, fine. Moraine offers to share the burden and she takes Leandrin's place. So first she, she puts a shield around Loghain and then Leandrin uh, dispels hers. And like she has like a visceral reaction and sort of like, her body jerks and uh mm-hmm. like that's only half of his power so see what we're dealing with basically right what do you think
0: of the way they shield like how that's portrayed in the show i think it's good um there's no real way to show it the way that they show it in the or the way that it happens in the books mm-hmm. so i think that this is an acceptable alternative yeah um because it's kind of like around their body as opposed to, like, connected to how whatever connects them to the the one power. So I'm good with it. What about you? Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, So meanwhile,
1: Lan is training in the yard with Karene's warder. I forget what his name is. I think it's, like, Stepin or Steepin. Stepin. Stepin. And he wields, like, two short axe-like weapons, and they're sort of training in the yard talking together and he's teasing Lan about Nynaeve being an odd companion. And then he decides to retire to a, ke- a tent with his Aes Sedai. And while alone, we learn that it to kind of allude to Karene might having a little bit of a crush on Moraine. Did you get that? Or was I crazy? Did they say that? There was like, it's like alluded to in my mind because she's sitting there and he says to her something like about moraine being back and she's like "Uh," oh yes then she kind of like looks dejected for a moment and says like even if we had anything in common i'd never know it because she never talks and i kind of
0: got that vibe i don't i didn't read it as a crush thing i just read it more as like i literally only know her on a professional professional basis because she's so secretive gotcha thing okay
1: i got it as like a romantic thing but
0: oh, um, maybe well
1: maybe we'll see that later who knows who knows So, uh, you know, they kind of joke about Lan and Maureen both keeping everything close to the vest and how neither of them really talk. And then he asks her to rest, and she tells him not to worry about her. But he is worried because Leandrin is gaining some traction in her approval. Her approval rating is going up, among the others, (laughs) (laughs) about gentling Loghain prior to reaching the White Tower. But she says, relax. Even she wouldn't you know, defy the Amaralyn seat. But you could tell she doesn't yeah. really even believe her own words fully. <laughs> so we quickly visit back with Egwene and Perrin, who have been invited to travel with the Tinkers uh, all the way to
0: Tarvalon, because that's where they're headed. And Can I say one thing before you keep going? Yeah. I'm coming around on the Tinkers' costumes. Oh. I retract my comment about them looking like they were on their way to Burning Man. <laughs> um. I I like them more now that I see like the wagons. Like when we got the panning out view of like all of them walking with the wagons, like it, it started to feel more real to me. So I'm I'm coming around. Okay. Coming around the mountain when you when you
1: come. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, I continue to like the Tinkers. Um kay. Davey
0: was watching and he was like, I don't know if I should like these people or if I should trust them or not. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you, it is so much fun on like Reddit and Twitter there because a lot of people who have never read the books are now like tweeting and and being on Reddit and stuff like that, and you can see so many people like theorizing different things, mm-hmm. and so now I understand why people like podcasts like ours because it's really I mean I I enjoy our podcast too, but it's kind of fun to see everyone like having such different predictions about everything, and and maybe this will happen, maybe this person is the dragon. Oh my gosh, you know it's just. It's really fun. I'm loving watching this show now having read as as far as I have because
1: now I feel like an insider,
0: <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, compared to Davey, you
1: are. Yeah. And it's fun watching it with him and having him like have all these guesses and stuff. Like he's like, I have a bad feeling about that guy from the early episode, like that merchant guy. And I'm like, hmm, oh, okay. <laughs> mm.
0: You're getting practiced at my having to be like, okay. okay or like, sure. Yeah. Hmm, but interesting. But he likes spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. But I haven't told them that yet.
1: So uh, so we're with the Tinkers and the Grain of Perrin, and Aram continues flirting with with Egwene, which Perrin doesn't Isn't seem it to like. Is Aram? Is it Aram? I'll That's go how with Aram. I said it, but Aram now I can't better. think of how. I can't okay. think of how they say it in the show, though. Yeah. Because they don't say it a lot. Anyway.
0: No. Mm-hmm.
1: But... Aram, 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 <sighs> Aram, Aram. He is uh, flirting with Egwene, and she seems to like it. Perrin is not impressed, and they're still not sure whether they should trust them or not. But they agree, for at least for now, to follow along with them. And then we get a quick perspective switch to Matt and Rand, wondering if they can trust Tom. So also wondering if they can trust their companion. And before long, we're back with Moraine and with the Aes Sedai camp. And now she and Alana are alone, shielding Loghain together. I love Alana in
0: this show. I love her. Love.
1: (laughs) Like, I really love her. One of my favorite characters they've introduced to. I'm just... In the book, I don't have as
0: strong of a feeling about her yet. Me either, to be honest. I mean, like, Alana, she's a complicated character. So I feel like it's going to be interesting to see how people continue to feel about her Mm -hmm. uh, and um, some of the choices that she makes. But yeah, she's a very, she's really, she really brought that character to like three dimensional
1: life. life. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I love her personality. I love the things that she does later. She's just so cool. Yeah. So Alana starts chit chatting with Moraine and says, uh, you know, she asks her about like something from their past and Moraine is like, I presume Corinne has asked you to use our friendship to get information out of me? <laughs> and Alana goes, not for a day or two still, when you're least expecting yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that moment. And they kind of yeah. like smirk at each other um, before they start talking business a little bit. Alana is worried that what if they've already allowed the Reds to gentle the true Dragon Reborn? And what if the Dragon Reborn is actually supposed to be with the Aes Sedai in the final battle? And... Mm-hmm. As they're talking, Loghain almost seems to break the shields, but the two of them are able to, like, hold it back. So, like, the the shielding, like, kind of bursts out a little bit, but they reel it back in. And mm-hmm. um, the scene is also cool because it's where new viewers get to hear more about the green Aja who, like, take multiple warders and who are the battle Aja. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a really cool way to introduce some of the differences between the Ajas.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Then we have a scene of Nynaeve sitting eating what looks to be like fried chicken, which we'll soon find out is cold chicken. But hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's chicken, right? at least. And no honey cakes yet, by the way. I'm very upset we never got honey cakes oh, in uh We didn't Evans get Field. honey cakes, yeah. My one yeah. complaint. <laughs> Take out, Rafe Judkins. Yeah. Work better, those I, honey cakes in there somewhere. I better see honey cakes before the end of the season. So, um, Nynaeve is still looking down upon the camp, and Leandrin approaches from behind, complimenting
0: her braid, but mispronouncing her name. Okay. Yes. Like you used to. Okay, listen, I honestly, I tweeted about this, and um, and somebody posted that they think that was, like, a direct nod to, like, the readers. Because it's very, like, I'm not sure how this is pronounced. I'm going to try this. That's try how this I pronunciation. felt. I felt like yeah. that was made for those who've read the books, like you.
1: Yes. And like I. Yes. But
0: um, specifically um, for
1: you with Nynaeve.
0: <laughs> yes. Also, I just want to talk about... I, I love this actress, but I love the costuming on her, like oh, the yeah. the like boots, pants, jackety Peplum-y, peplum yeah, thing. Yeah, Ugh, it's fantastic. It's
1: really good. Um, Nynaeve quickly takes control of the conversation though, and says, "Like I'm going to ask the questions," and she asks her about Moraine and we quickly shift back to the boys who are now with Tom, and they've come upon a farm that they'd like to sneak into for the night and sleep. But before they get the Mm -hmm. chance, the man who owns the farm is upon them with his arrow drawn.
0: Did you see Matt's, the moment before that when Matt's horse is getting all wily? Oh yeah. So Matt's having all this trouble with the horse
1: obeying him. And he says the horse is like scared away and he, he can't get him under control. And he's like kind of annoyed. He's like, Oh, he's like, he's afraid to ride. And it just feels like that's got to be because
0: of the dagger. Okay, yeah, that's for sure what I think too.
1: Oh yeah, I feel like everything that's happening with Matt, like you could just see these like little signs of the dagger affecting him in more and more. And even in yes. this moment when the guy has this arrow drawn, you could see him like r- reach back almost for the dagger, and like Tom kind of notices it too, but they don't show the dagger. Did, really and did you? Did you hear the whispering? I, I heard like a, uh, like a. I didn't hear whispering, no. I heard, like, a darky kind of sound, but is that what it
0: is? They, they play, like, whispering? I'm 99% sure about this, but I think that when you kind of get the close-up of Matt's hand clearly reaching for the dagger, I think you can, while Mr. Grinwell is talking, hear, like, whispering, like it's whispering to Matt.
1: Oh, okay. I know they play, like, a kind of ooky-spooky sound effect for <laughs> sure, but I didn't catch up, uh-huh. uh, pick up on the whispering. So... Rand decides to be honest with the farmer, and he's like, "Okay, okay, you know we were just going to sneak in and sleep there we're not we don't mean you any harm, and I wouldn't lie to you and yada yada and The guy decides he can trust them, and he lowers his bow and arrow, and his family was standing behind him also with bow and ar- behind them with bow and arrow, so everybody decides to cool it and they said that the group can stay in this in this um They could stay in the barn if they muck out the stables. Mm -hmm. Now we're back with Nynaeve and Leandrin, who have been talking, it looks like, for a little bit about Moraine. And Leandrin's just finishing up telling her that Moraine picked the fitting Aja of blue because they're all little spies. And that she says (laughs) that the red protect the world from the real danger, which is of men who can channel.
0: What did you think about
1: that? I thought it was interesting that she would share this with Nynaeve, but I guess she can't lie. Um, and I mean, it just shows the rivalry be- among the Aja, whether they like each other or not. And it shows the way that Leandrin clearly
0: feels about Moraine. Um, yes, although she can lie because she's Black Aja. Oh, that's right. But I did like, like, I think for, again, for new viewers, having the kind of blue and green and red Aja's all there and giving us some different context to them, I think, like, puts more questions into new viewers' minds. Like, are the Reds really doing the good thing? Or is Moraine really doing the good thing? Like, it it kind of creates some mistrust around um, Moraine. Like, it makes viewers, I think, continue to question her, which I think is fun.
1: Yeah, I think it has... This whole episode has a lot of, like, dynamic, dynamics among the Aja portrayed in a really clever way, I think. Yeah. You know, like, you could tell, even with, like, Alana and Moraine, they're of different Aja, but they get along. And there's the mentions of them being novices together. And just a lot of, like, building out of how they interact with one another, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, Lan breaks up this little conversation, and Leandrin departs, inviting Nynaeve to dine with the Red Aja if she'd like to later on. And then Nynaeve is like, that woman is a snake. And she asks if all the people in the White Tower are like this. And Lan says, you'll find out eventually. And before he leaves, he says that she can join them around the fire later on if she promises not to push anyone in.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we're back with the grain and Wait, perrin. Okay. Oh. So... My, I also read it as anyone um, because we both watch with captioning. Somebody, uh, Several other people on the internet are saying that the line is as long as you promise not to push me into it.
1: According to the I'll captions, have to, I'll have to it go listen.
0: Yeah, yeah, the captions say anyone for sure. So, mm. anyway, either way, I like it. Yeah, me too.
1: Uh, so, we're back with Perrin and Tinkers and Perrin and Tinkers. Perrin and Egwene and the Tinkers. <laughs> And they explain to Perrin and Egwene that they do not battle. They have sworn off violence and weapons. And that if attacked, they either run or they endure, but they never fight back. And mm-hmm. she, the, I guess, uh, Aram's grandmother, she says that they follow the way of the leaf. And she says that the leaf in its time falls to the dirt that nourishes the tree, that in time grows the leaf again. And nothing is lost. In the wheel, the, real, the wheel returns all. I thought that was nice. I don't think they, I don't remember that little phrase from the book.
0: Yeah, what's yet. pretty cool about the TV show so far is I feel like in the books, we don't really get any sense of like religion or faith or ritual. Not a lot of it from people who are like following the light. And I like that they are incorporating more like ritual and things like that. And um, kind of specific religious doctrine or or, um, not necessarily religious, but like belief about the world, spiritual. Um, I just like that they're working that in more because it, I feel like, makes the world feel much more realistic.
1: Oh, totally. It feels very much more rich and it kind of explains more of the tinkers than even I've experienced so far. They feel very much like, Mm. I don't know, they feel very hippie and spiritual and, you
0: know. They're on their way to Burning Man.
1: They are. <laughs> um, she also asks if either of them have ever picked up a weapon and battled before. And as she's, like, listing weapons, she's, like, a, a sword, a knife, and then she says an axe, and she looks at Perrin, and he's, like, obviously affected. And she says, since picking up that axe, has your life been better or worse? So it's kind of interesting. The Tinkers almost seem to have a, a knowing about them, you know? Or at least mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. There's a really cool transition now to the boys who are doing labor while Tom rests for his performance. <laughs> feels... I have
0: to rest. I have to perform later. You guys do all the work. I have to perform for a, a farmer and his wife right. who I'm sure have not had a gleam in at their farm ever. <laughs> exactly. But I, I have to conserve my energy. Exactly. Uh, Matt takes a break
1: and he retches and throws up out back. And it's like... Obviously, this sickness is taking over him, and he's starting to hallucinate, and he sees what looks like Mashadar creeping toward him in the yard when he's interrupted
0: by a little girl named Elsie. Okay, two things. So, number one, did you see that it was crawling out of his mouth as well? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I loved that. Oh, my gosh. Um... And again, like, in the books, all we see is Matt being an asshole, which I think would make a lot of viewers hate him if that's all they did. So I like this, the way that they're giving some visual from Matt experience perspectives of what the dagger is doing to him.
1: Yeah, because if it was just he was, like, coughing and being a dick, like, that doesn't really do it.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Elsie Grinwell, I am... I mean, I'm disappointed that now that she's like a seven year old, I can't call her cultural icon horny Elsie Grinwell. But she was very different in the books. Very different in the books. This is a different Elsie. This is a
1: total different yes. Elsie. She is no longer a horny cultural icon. She is a precocious <laughs> young girl. <laughs> yes. Very cute. Very cute. So she interrupts him and she brings him a small loaf of bread. And he mentions to her about his little sisters, and so she offers him a little doll named Brigida, Not now, (laughs) (laughs) Brigida. And she says that he can take it back to them. And he's like, I don't even have any room for this little piece of trash. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh (laughs) He takes it and thanks her. It's very sweet. Meanwhile, Tom tells Rand that Matt reminds him a bit of his FU his nephew, of his nephew, Owen, (laughs) who suddenly went sour. Cue Olivia Rodrigo singing
0: sour. (laughs) I don't know that song and I refuse to. I I love her and I'm unashamed about it.
1: (laughs) And uh, he says that his nephew, Owen, acted this way before he began channeling. And Rand is like, nah, that can't be it. If that was what was going on, Matt would tell me. But Tom says that Owen never told him. And eventually the Red Aja found him and gentled him. And like all others who are gentled, he just slipped away. And that one day over the dinner table after this, Owen just picked up a steak knife and slit his own
0: throat. Mm. That's not how he dies in the book, is it? I'm not 100% sure that we ever find out exactly how he dies, but it's implied that he like lost it ended up very sad and lost because he had been gentled. Um, Grim. Also, I love that that moment where Rand says, no, that's not it, Matt would tell me, because it just shows, like, your friend is over there puking up shadows, so clearly he's not telling you. But, like, the fact that Rand believes that, I think just makes him so lovable, like, so sweet and innocent. (laughs) I know.
1: I know. But you know what? If it was what... Tom was supposing maybe Matt would tell him. Eh, who knows. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So because of this, Tom agrees to stay with Ran to protect him. And Ran says, you know a lot for a simple gleeman. And Tom says, we call ourselves gleeman because it's less frightening. Nothing is more dangerous than the man who knows the past. Ooh. Mmm. So now, Nynaeve is sitting with the warders around the fire. She took them up on the offer instead of the Red Aja good choice and she's telling the guys that they are more fun than they look like but you know why do you serve the Aes Sedai and then they explain that they don't serve the Aes Sedai and they exed, ex, instead begin to explain the bond between an Aes Sedai and their warder and how it's closer than any other relationship you can have even if with your own children and then I think it's uh step in says that Aes Sedai translates to servants of all in the old tongue, and that they serve the world. And it's not long before this, or not long after this, that Alana comes over and collects her two warders, and they walk- um <laughs> uh
0: huh. Matt, how have I? I've I okay. I have been fighting so hard not to interrupt you because I don't know how this wasn't the headline. But we had warders cuddling.
1: Oh, I know. We had a little. Little queer warders
0: cuddling by the fire. What did you think of these characters? uh, Okay, well, number one, I literally, like, literally started screaming when I saw that on TV Uh because I just loved it. And, again, I'm really loving that they, that this world, again, has different values from our own and showing generally what appears to be a pretty wide acceptance of, like, queer attraction yes um and sometimes in the books you kind of get the sense from robert jordan that the green sisters um, like that there's an unequal power dynamic between the aes Sedai and their warders um and you kind of feel that especially with yeah and and to an extent like you kind of get the sense that a green Aes Sedai's warders would are only in a relationship with her, and that like maybe there's occasional feelings between the other warders, like, you know, jealousy or things like that potentially. And so what I loved especially about this was this whole scene made it so clear that not only are Green Aja like the horny Aes Sedai who want to sleep with a lot of dudes, which is great, but they're but that it's, like, about a, a relationship of equals and that they're all in this relationship together. I
1: loved it. I know. I loved it. I loved all the sexual um, overtones. I wouldn't even call them undertones. And I loved the, <laughs> like, the way that everyone kind of looks at the green Aja and their warders. And it's kind of just like a wink, wink, nod, nod among everybody. And mm-hmm. how the, even how, like, Alana comes over and collects them. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And they walk away like all sexually charged and they're like, oh, we're going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. And Nynaeve is like, oh, she kind of like looks over and she's like, they don't, do they all, you know? And uh, (laughs) Stefan is like laughs and like shakes his head yes. And she's like, she has a very naive reaction at first where she's like surprised, but then she kind of like grins to herself. Yes. And then Lan is like, I'm going to go to bed too. And then Nynaeve starts to put the pieces together that maybe that means the same thing for him and Moraine. And she's yeah. like, Ugh. and you could see that she has this, like, not even jealousy on her face, but more like a hurt on her face, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, the actress who plays Nynaeve is so good. So Lan and Moraine are now in, you know, the tent together and they're chatting. And Moraine is conflicted. She says, she's wondering if the Dark One is after Loghain instead of. Who they say to be Egwene. So we are seeing that mm. the two of them are sort of supposing that it could be Egwene as the Dragon Reborn. Yeah. And this episode also sort of tries to confirm that maybe the five that Dana from the previous episode, the Dark Friend, had been dreaming of, includes Loghain as the fifth member, possibly. Mm. And then Moraine laments over losing the four of them in the first place. And then we switch back to the Tinkers. What did you think about this? scene of, um, you know, the the five of you I've been thinking of and Loghain being part of it and all that.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because, again, I feel like in the books, it's pretty evident early on that Rand is the dragon reborn because... Yeah he is literally the point of view character for 90% of that book but in the tv like if they made that evident in the tv show i feel like it wouldn't be nearly as interesting to like first time viewers and so getting to see all of the ways that they keep misdirecting the audience from who the actual dragon reborn is i think is really fun because when you look at the like reddit threads or or tweet threads you see like literally every people are guessing every single character that we've met so far and even some people are like the dragon reborn is actually all five of them and it's like a captain planet thing that they're going to come together and be the dragon so it's everybody is coming up with their own theories and so i'm loving i'm just loving the misdirection because i also think it'll be uh shocking for people and i also think it'll be vindicating for other people when we find out it's rand so do i i love it Speaking of things that
1: I love, this next scene is probably handwritten for you as well. Rand and Matt are side <clears throat> by side in the hay, and Rand pops up from behind him, laying down, and says, Matt, I'm here for you no matter what. You must have just passed away right there.
0: I, this, this, this episode, I died and I was reborn. <laughs> and I, it, it was everything. I loved it. Um we got our little Camelin a little road to Camelin snuggling scene, mm-hmm. I choose to believe. Um but even that even so it's just like Rand is such a sweet little deer in the beginning and clearly cares a lot about his friends. And yeah. That was just really sweet to see.
1: Uh loved it. So the two of them get to bed and then we're in Rand's nightmare. And in the nightmare, he is approaching Perrin who is hammering away at the body of who seems to be Layla, but her face is covered. And then Matt approaches as well with a blood-covered hand, and neither of them could see Rand who's calling out to them. And then Egwene is there, calling to Rand, before Baalzaman snatches her from behind, covering her mouth. And then Tom wakes him up. What did you think about the dream, and Baalzaman
0: especially? I have to say, I'm still not a fan of how they're doing Baalzaman on the show. Like, He's. It's just a little too jump-scary-y in a way that doesn't build mystery mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I'm not thrilled. I think, in my opinion, of the four episodes we've seen so far, I do think that's probably the thing that is weakest about it. Yeah. But the kind of, like, disorienting nature of these dreams, because uh, it's it's likely that some of these are, like, in Teleronriad. Mm -hmm. um in the first seat book even though we didn't really know what that was at that point um so i kind of like this sort of like swooshy nature of the the dream yeah i like (laughs) if that makes any sense
1: i do i like the dream sequences in general just balsam on to me just still feels not scary or menacing you know
0: (laughs) some (laughs) somebody online made some joke about like uh they were like budget for the Wheel of Time, and they like listed like a few things that were like super expensive, and then it said Alzamon two ninety
1: nine. That's how it feels, kind of. It really does.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great, but maybe we'll get more beyond later. Beyond
1: the fl- Beyond the Flaming Eyes, I'm not a fan. Um, yeah. So Tom wakes them up, and they decide they're going to look for Matt because he's not in the room. And they go to the farmhouse, and they find the whole family has been slain, and Matt is standing there with their back to him. And they're like, oh, no. And then they sh- close up on Matt's face, and his eyes are sort of, like, rolled up to the top of his head. And hes they're actually fixed in the corner of a room. And he raises his dagger that has no blood on it and says, I see you. And then a fade reveals itself in the corner, and there's this, you know, scuffle. Tom throws a dagger and begins fighting with it, it tells the boys to run, and they do. And then they escape the farm, and we see Elsie is dead on the ground outside. And Tom. Can... No, that was the doll.
0: The doll. Yeah, it was the doll Brigida. It's a girl. It's a human girl. <laughs> okay, I maybe I missed that. I mean, I know they're all dead before but you I see Brigida on the ground. Like a... They run past uh, oh. Elsie. She's outside. Oh. On the ground. Oh, I must not have noticed her. They, yeah,
1: Matt stops and like looks at her and feels like all sad, and then. They keep running away, and then we see the scene of Brigida, the Brigida doll on the ground, which looks a little like the doll in the Dolls and Bly manner.
0: Manor. That's what I kept thinking. Kind I was of, yeah. That. And I was like,
1: "Ooh, crossover."
0: <laughs> so, uh huh. Num I have, I have a couple things. One, you, you're, you're so observant. I did not notice that Matt's blade didn't have blood on it, and so this was, this was one of the moments where. I, I'm always pleased when a TV show about a book series that I think everything I know is going to happen and they surprise me and I gasp. Mm -hmm. This was a moment where I gasped. I really liked this scene.
1: Me too. I was like, oh no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, And number two, maybe I need to rewatch it because (laughs) the way the fade popped up reminded me of like those videos of where like a cat pops up from under a blanket. Like <laughs> it didn't seem quite as it scary to me as I thought it should have been. So I, I need to check that out again and see if I feel the same way. But it, it kind of it sort of felt like he was just under there, like up there under a blanket and then was like peekaboo and then jumped out and started stabbing them. It was kind of odd to me. No, it was um, it was just
1: kinda of like poop <laughs> here I am.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you think that this is another conversation my brother and I had that we can't figure out an answer to. Do you think we're going to see more of Tom this season? I don't think so. I think that might be it because I think this is their
1: interpretation of like Tom fighting the fade and then yeah. thinking he's done
0: for. So it just seems so surprising both. Okay. So a couple things. I know we can't meet every character in uh, every opening episode but it seems so surprising it's it will be really surprising to me if we we only literally get two episodes with Tom and we have yet to meet Min or Loyal and there's only four episodes left so it's it feels like the those characters might not have as much screen time as they I thought they would in the first season.
1: Yeah, I thought Loyal would be in it for longer. I kind of think Min is going to be a one episode, one and done thing in this season. Don't... How dare you? I do. I do. I think she's just going to pop up, talk about her visions under, like, you know, that like she tells Rand, and that's kind of going to be it, and she's going to be a mysterious character that'll play a bigger role in the next season. Loyal, hmm. I wonder okay. if it was, like, a budget thing, and they couldn't figure out how to do him for very long, and maybe that's why they're introducing him
0: later. So I read something interesting about that um, on Reddit because Rafe Judkins didn't ask me anything on Reddit mm-hmm. about the show. Um, I didn't send you the link because I knew there would be spoilers everywhere, and there was, so don't go looking for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things he said was that with Loyal, they had to rely entirely on practical effects because they. he said, like, we want Loyal to be in the show as much as possible, and if he is a character that we are constantly... Doing like CGI work on it would never fit into our budget. We could have him in like two episodes max or something like that. So, um, so I'm curious because I still, I I was unsure when I saw that photo how I felt about it. So I'll, I'm reserving judgment until I see it on the screen again.
1: Yeah. I hope it's not terrible. God, I hope it's not terrible. Yeah. I
0: love Loyal so
1: much. If it's terrible, they have some time.
0: To fix well, it. and the the practical effects on, like, the Trollocs and stuff were great, oh, they so are. it would surprise me if they spent so much time on that and then none on Loyal, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. So now it's the morning after, and we're with Nynaeve,
1: who is watching longingly as Lan leaves his tent. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Karenne and Leandrin are at odds with one another in that holding cave room. And Leandrin says that, you know, we have hundreds of miles to go. And Loghain is not even struggling to keep himself together. And how can we keep up with this when we're all fading every time we're with him? And she's like, you know, if he were to, you know, escape, we'd be allowed to gentle him without breaking <laughs> an oath. And Corinne is like, that is not how it works. And she's not about it at all. And she's like, of all people to be reminding me, it should not be a green reminding a red. It should be the other way around. Right. Burn. Meanwhile, Loghain is just sitting there like a yoga instructor, like chilling. He's just in a meditative state; like doesn't even look like he's bothered he, at all. He really is, right? Nynaeve. Yeah. Oh, I should mention this to you uh, about the tankers. Davy thinks they look like they all belong in Ohio. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I mean, totally that's it. kind of how I felt about them. Right. So I agree. Thank you, Davy. I feel I feel validated. But it's it's true. But it's not a bad thing. <laughs>
1: that's it. They yeah. should all be having a crystal store. Uh, yes. Um, so Nynaeve finds Lan off to a, off on his own, praying in the woods and honoring his people, the Maqir. And it's the first time, by the way, that I've noticed how beautiful Nynaeve's coat is and all the embroidery on it. Oh, so good. So good. I hadn't noticed it before, but now that she's just like standing there in the woods and I could see like the, like all the green and purple,
0: like flower, I just loved it. Um, now, listen, before you go on, I have to say something. I can't spoil anything for you with this, mm-hmm. but. There is something that by the time we finish the series or get pretty close to the end that you'll see things about the costuming that were, like, really subtle nods toward where the story is going. Ooh, okay, I'm ready.
1: I'm into it. Yeah. So... Uh, she catches him praying, and she says a prayer of her own in the old tongue, which she doesn't really understand. But she reveals that it's the last thing her parents said to her when they hid her away, as their village was attacked. And Lan offers to translate it for her, and she gets, you know, very emotional. But she's very naive, holding it back, and she just like nods, like yes, please. And he explains that it's what the last king of Manetherin said to his wife. Before they went into battle, the battle that they knew they'd lose, and it translates to, "We shall go into the land so our children can always hold us and will never be alone." And there's a really beautiful moment between the two of them, and uh, it's, uh, it's. I just wanted to cry the whole time. It's so cute, and mm-hmm. you know, Nadia says, "You're not what I thought you were, Lan," and he's like, "You're not what I, you're exactly what I thought you were." But before he gets to, you know, finish the beautiful sentiment. They hear shouting in the distance, and we find out what it is now. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Karini's words or Karene's wards have now gone off, which, by the way, I loved the way they showed the wards. I thought that was perfect and just yeah. really cool. Um, I liked it too. So, yeah, right. So they just go off in the cave, and they alert her that the army is coming upon them and they've not run home to their mothers and the group outside, including now land and Nynaeve, stand as a barrage of arrows come toward them only to be stopped by Alana channeling air before them, which is really cool. And this, um, we go back to the cave and the shields around Loghain suddenly explode out of him, knocking Leandrin and, uh, Karenia against the wall and seemingly unconscious The group outside is defending in this, like, amazing battle that ensues. It's, like, for sure so far the coolest fight scene I've seen. Um, Yeah. The eyes of are channeling these explosions in the earth and blasting armies, like, flying through the air, like, (laughs) in epic proportions. The warders are Mm -hmm. fighting, and even Nynaeve is able to defend herself against a soldier with her knife because she's badass, and then another one gets upon her, and Lan saves her from it. And meanwhile, we have that scene we've seen in the commercials with Loghain melting the bars of the cage away, Uh, and, you know, freeing himself. So cool. And Moraine enters, and calmly and fearlessly walks over to him and asks, you know, we don't have a lot of time, so why should I believe that you're the dragon reborn? And he says that he can hear the voices of all the previous dragons speaking to him whenever he channels, and teaching him to do it better. And she tells him that the voices he hears are the madness, and as powerful as he is, his power is a trickle. Quote, a pinprick of candlelight against the raging sun that will be the dragon reborn. Ooh, I thought that was really cool.
0: I liked that a lot.
1: Right? And then as she's saying this, she notices that the other two, Aes Sedai, are coming too, and it gives Karene enough time to... Come to and channel air, knocking Loghain back, and now the three Isedai are standing before him. It's a very charmed moment. <laughs> Power of three <laughs> <laughs> Power of Three will set me free. And they're all attempting to shield him. They're all putting a shield around him, but not before he's able to channel something within that shield, and he gets he uh channels it to release through the shields that are not yet on him, and this dark oil-slicked weave comes towards all three of them, and Karene Karene sacrifices herself by channeling air in front of the other two, and it knocks her to the ground, and she dies right there in front of us. It's really sad.
0: Somebody online pointed out that maybe she'll be brought back to life. Maybe. I hope so. But I'm pretty sure that... (laughs) In the preview for the whole season, we saw her warder like crying in front of a fire, kissing her ring. Mm. And so it seems likely that that would be like a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, when
1: this happens, they cut to her warder outside, and you could tell that he feels the bond between them being broken. So that to me tells me like yeah. it's kind of final. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And they say that the warder feels like literally could feel the same thing that the eyes that I feels and in back and forth. I've heard that before. And so I imagine yeah. he's – I don't know if he – I wonder if he feels like her death. I know he feels like her death, but I wonder if he feels like the physical feeling of mm-hmm. death almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I thought it was kind of interesting earlier um, when Lana Moreno alone – Lan says to Moraine, I shouldn't have drank that drink tonight because you always get emotional when I drink. And I thought <laughs> yeah. that was interesting. Like, if he drinks, does she feel the effects of being a little lightheaded from him being uh, drunk? Is that like a literal yeah. translation?
0: Yeah, That's so, yeah.
1: such an interesting thing I never thought about when I thought about the link between them. <laughs> like, the,
0: Oh, we'll see some more very interesting things about that throughout oh, the series. That's so cool.
1: That's so interesting. Uh, Robert Jordan, <laughs> he thinks of everything. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so back to this. We see him stepping outside, feeling the bond being broken, and he's overcome, and the battle ensues outside, and Lan and Nynaeve and company eventually enter the cave, um, including with Steppen, and Al- Alana stays outside to fight off the rest, and she does that really cool moment where she channels and, like, uh, surrounding her in a circle. Like, she just has all these explosions. Yeah. I just This reminded me of that scene when Egwene... And I think Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine mm. are all the horses. And they're trying to, like... Yes, coming back into Tarvalon. Yeah, and they do, like, the explosions in the ground. It kind of yes. reminded me of, like, a, a bigger version of that. Yes. Okay, so they enter the cave, and Stepan is so enraged and brokenhearted by seeing <sighs> uh, Karene dead that he runs at Loghain and plunges his axes into the weaves that are shielding him. Bad move. Um, Mm Loghain takes this opportunity to use these weakened areas in the weave and channels his contaminated weaves at them. And it bursts open the shields and sends the axes, like, exploded, sending shards everywhere. And everyone is down, basically, except for Nynaeve, who it nearly misses. So then they pan around the room. Everyone seems unconscious and dying. Moraine has a piece of the axe in her stomach and she's not moving. Lan is barely breathing, as in, like, his throat is completely slit. So he's just, like, bleeding. Drowning out there. in blood. Oh my God. It's so gory. <laughs> Everyone. Is down. So Nanieve runs to Lan immediately and puts her hands over his wound, and the, it's just sputtering blood, and it's really emotional. I, even me, who knows, like they're not, they're gonna live, you know. I was like really yeah. emotional myself. So <laughs> she goes to Lan. She's holding the wound. It's sputtering out blood, and she shouts no several times. And on like her third screaming of the word no, and she's really like at her most emotional. Suddenly, she channels this radiant, blinding white light out from her that begins healing everybody on the ground, and Loghain sees this, and he's like in awe of it, and he equates it to the power that Moraine spoke about that the true dragon would have, and while he's in awe of this and sort of coming to the realization that he is not the dragon reborn at the same time, Leandrin channels at him, and she instructs her sisters to bind with her, because now everyone is back up and healed. And all of the Aes Sedai in the cave do so, and Alana runs and joins, and she banishes the one power from Loghain, with them all gentling him, and he weeps and falls to the ground, and Moraine and Lan look at each other and at Nynaeve, and the episode ends with this intense, beautiful close-up on Nynaeve's eyes.
0: What did you think of this? Oh my god, so good. Oh, um i, I definitely obsessed. got misty eyed when nynaeve was healing everybody oh my god me too i think Logan did a or the actor playing logaine did a great job of that multiple realization of like oh god i'm not the dragon reborn and now i've lost this you know huge part of myself oh, yeah. and i'm hearing voices and what does this all mean <laughs> you know that's a pretty crushing thing to suddenly realize is that you're not you know, the, the savior of the world. Yeah, the moment when it's, like, when it, the um, connection is, when he's losing the
1: connection and, like, he's, like, teary-eyed and stuff, his reaction is so yeah.
0: good. Yeah. I loved it. It was amazing. How did what you, about like, you? What did you think? How did you like the representation of
1: how how they gentle? Like, what happens to him with, like, all the <gasps> darkness coming out of him and stuff?
0: I loved it because it looked like, it literally looked like something being ripped out of him, mm-hmm. and I thought that was the perfect way to portray it. I loved it. I thought it was really cool too. I wonder like where all that goes like just dissolves into know. the universe. I feel very I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and I'm I'm feeling very Lisa Barlow this episode because I'm like, I love that. I, <laughs> I love, love this. that. Love that. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I thought it was really
1: cool. I liked this moment with with Nynaeve, even though it's not something we see explicitly in the book like her power to this degree yet like we've been told about it we've been told that she has like this immense power and that she's done all these things
0: in the first book we do hear the story of when Egwene was nearly dying she got so upset and suddenly Egwene got better so it could be I mean it could be that moment told in a different way or maybe we'll learn that Nynaeve sort of knew about this but hated I said I so much that she like denied it in herself. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with her after this moment. Yeah,
1: I'm really interested. I think that it's cool the way they showed how connected to her emotions her channeling is, though, through this moment too.
0: Yes, yeah, like for sure. Like instantly setting
1: that up, you know.
0: Hmm. Uh, I loved it.
1: Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I couldn't wait to hear what you thought about it because I've um lo- in my YouTube watching of that one video. I was looking for other Uh videos that I could watch, but um, I didn't see any titles that looked like they were safe to watch. And then some of the titles were (laughs) like, episode four sucked. Is this even the Wheel of Time anymore? And I'm just like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't even care. (laughs) So, yeah, I was, uh, I'm just, I'm delighted. I'm over the moon. I can't wait for the next episode. I feel like we still have to have the Perrin Egwene capture which I feel like has to happen
0: yes next episode it has to so the the little you know how on IMDb there's like a two-sentence summary of the episode that doesn't really tell you anything but next week's episode it says that Perrin and Egwene meet familiar face familiar faces as Rand and Matt encounter unusual ones um and then I think there might have been something about Nynaeve and Maureen and Lan, but I'm assuming that means that the familiar faces will be the white cloaks. Right. Maybe the unusual ones will either be Min or Loyal. That's kind of, my brother thought the same thing, and I think that probably makes the most sense. Yeah. Ugh. And then apparently, listen, I thought episode four was incredible. I think it's Rafe and maybe also, like, there are several people who have, like, Seen everything and we're part of creating it, and every and they're all saying that episode six is like so incredible. I like, have read super that. Super incredible. I have read that so, theory about episode six. Uh, so I'm dying to know what that is. Yes, and as much as I hated hate the, I, I both love and hate that I can't watch the whole season all at once because binging is nice, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying that it's kind of forcing me to like think about things and rewatch things and look for different things and see what other people are saying. So. I do. I think it was the right choice. I like it like unfolding slowly. Yeah. Well, if you would like to help us grow, the very best thing you can do is rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to our episodes. And the second best thing you could do is recommend our show to a friend because
1: you have good taste and people respect your opinions.
0: Our social media is CoolStoryPod on Instagram and cool Story Pod one on Twitter. You can email us at CoolStoryPod at gmail.com. We love getting email, so send us. So do it. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening to Cool Story. Uh, Goodbye. See you next week. (laughs) Bye.